Chapter 14 of Laughter Limited. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeremiah Sutherland, Victoria, British Columbia. Laughter Limited by Nina Wilcox Putnam. Chapter 14. The best way to find out why is it people have so much trouble keeping a servant is to be a servant for a while your own self and after i got my job at trixie and taylor truman's home i soon decided that the hardest thing to bear was no regular hours whoever made up that old quotation about a person cannot burn the candle at both ends had the wrong dope because the trumans burned not a mere candle but a whole electric dynamo at both ends and in the middle entertained sweet daddy them trumans entertained everybody but their servants i was made to trixie as well as my other duties of waitress and nurse to the kid a little girl of three and when Trixie had a call at the studio for nine in the morning, it was me had to force her awake, get her up, pump her full of coffee, and produce her tooth paint for her to paint her stained teeth with, get on her makeup, find her pair of smoked glasses to save her eyes from the lights, etc., so she could get to the lot in time and also in fair condition. What she got from me for seventy a month was enough, I'll say. And just think how I used to keep her on a pedestal back home in Stony Brook. I sometimes couldn't realize it for a fact. The Truman's house was a new one, built in the conventional wedding-cake architecture which is so popular in Southern California, and it was out on Santa Monica Boulevard where a lot of prominent picture people was even then building for the greater convenience of tourists. The Milky Way, this part of the road was called, not on account of milk being the principal liquid consumed there, but on account of being so crowded with stars. There was sleeping porches stuck all over the house, French windows opening into the Spanish patio, and an Irish swimming pool. Well, anyways, the pool was lined with green tiles. And since it was out of doors, the blue sky reflecting into it made a wonderful effect and turned the water the color of a aquamarine. This swimming pool was the nicest thing out there, and didn't I crave to get into it, though. However, you know what most employers' attitude towards servants and bathtubs is, and this also, of course, applied to swimming pools. I used to go down to Mummer's on my afternoons off for mine. It took considerable courage, too, because as soon as Adele had me safe in the tub, she would remove my clothes to where I couldn't reach them very easy, and give me my semi-weekly bawling out for being a servant girl. But at the end of each explosion she would generally weaken and forgive me for supporting her and myself by this disgraceful means, give me my clothes back, and leave me return to my life of sin, saying God would reward me. And I would say yes, I was sure he would, only I hoped he would remember the address was Santa Monica Boulevard, and not wait for me to come home to heaven and collect. Adele absolutely refused to give up mummering me and look for a better-paying job. Nonsense, she says when I suggested her doing so. Bosh! Things will soon get better, honey. They say every cloud has a silver lining, but I always say the silver lining is probably what makes the clouds wear so good. And then I would go back to Truman's, cleaner in more ways than one, all refreshed and ready to earn my salary and tips. And I may say that the tips was no light matter, especially if it was a wet night in our dining room, for the girls would then be awful generous about retrieving wraps and sometimes run as high as five spots. A person would actually be ashamed to take it, only for realizing that if you didn't get it, somebody no more worthy would. Such nights come along pretty often at our house, Trixie, like most picture people, preferring to entertain in her own home more than outside, and Taylor liked it also. A lucky thing, because it sure was less trouble to carry him merely upstairs as soon as he got thoroughly wet, than to haul him all the ways back from some outside place or other. 
I don't know how I stand this life, Bonnie, Trixie says to me one late afternoon when I was up in her bedroom brushing her lovely brown curls in preparation for a big night. Trixie had the handsomest brown curls I ever seen in my life. Twenty of them, full-length, natural curl, and all I had to do when dressing her hair was brush them around my finger a couple of times and hand them to her. I'm wore out, Bonnie, she says to me, blinking hard not to cry and start the mascara running off her eyelashes. I don't know can I stand it much longer. No more snow parties for mine. Why do you go on them ever, dear, I says, because naturally after a month in the same house we talked pretty intimate, and in fact she was real hungry for a friend of the female sex that she was not obliged to keep up any front before. Why don't you cut out the happy dust? Think of your kid, honey. Here, that's the curl that goes on the top. I got to keep going, she says, taking it sadly, and I don't dare think about Jenny. I got to support her, haven't I? What about friend-husband doing a little of that, I says? And what are you mean, support, anyways? You two must be drawing down enough kale to plant a farm. Twenty-two hundred a week, she says mournfully. I don't know where it goes. We are broke all the time, and the bills we owe, it's a crime. There's no excuse for the dust, hun, I says, bringing her a blue-spangled evening dress that made her look like a sparkling infant fairy. Why not cut it out? You know it'll kill you. I can't, she says, getting up and clenching her little hands. You don't know, Bonnie, what it means to work in comedy. They never let you off of playing it, day or night. If only I could quit being my gay screen self when I leave the lot, but I can't. Why, what would happen if I didn't stay in character? They'd say I was going stale, that's what, and the rumor would spread and spread until it ruined me. I'm a madcap on the screen, so I got to be one off it, too. Refuse to be, I says briefly. Oh, that's a cinch to say, says she, but you know it can't be done. There is always a reporter around, or a producer on the party, or a director that set your character for you, and you got to have a lot of pep. At first it was fun and I didn't mind. It come easy and natural to be gay all the time. But now I've been a wild woman for six years steady, except when I was sleeping, sleeping under a bromide, and a person's own pep soon wears off. I have to take something to jazz me up, Bonnie. I have to, dear. Mister ought to do something about it, I says. Oh, Trixie, you got a right to your husband's money and to his care. Make him do it. Huh, says she, buffing her nails like she wished they was his face. Huh, fat chance. He and Tommy has just taken a bungalow up in Laurel Canyon. You know what that means. They think I don't know it, but a wife has always got a friend to come and spill that sort of dirt to her. And as for money, do you know how much he give that bootlegger yesterday? Fifteen hundred cash. And me obliged to hawk my diamonds to meet the installment on our new car. Happy dust? Liquor? Why not, Bonnie? Why not? Oh, hun, every reason why not, I says. And then Trixie heard her husband yelling in the hall for her to hurry. So she took a shot out of the lovely silver flask on her dresser and beat it down to her gay dinner party. I went on up to my own room, feeling kind of groggy in the other sense, the way I always did after a talk like that, which we were having them more and more frequent. The funny part was I couldn't get sore at Trixie. She was a kid at heart and so refined-looking, but without any real brains or training, and she was caught in a kind of trap. That is what success had meant to her, a trap. Well, I'll say I was learning something about the moving picture business every day, even if I wasn't at a studio and one of the lines I decided on was that I would never, no, never lose my bean like the Trumans had and throw my money away, which it was of course easy to say while I was not even in the pictures as yet, and I was as safe making that resolve as a millionaire socialist in declaring for a Soviet in America. 
keeping open house the way they did the trumans naturally kept it in the open part meaning in the patio and for the benefit of those that don't understand spanish let me explain a patio is to a house what the hole is to a doughnut in other words the house is built around it with the patio left open the swimming pool was right square in the middle of it and the dining room parlor and den all opened out on it direct there was a palmetto growing in one corner of it and a orange tree in the other while green spanish tiles grew all around the edge sitting in the nursery window of a sunday afternoon jenny and me could see all of it pretty plain and read our book of fairy stories which i had bought her on account of her never having until i come into the house heard of goldilocks or little red riding hood and i think it is wrong not to teach a kid these great truths also sitting there i could recall how when i first come west i had thought that maybe some day i would be at the swimming pool parties of some big egg and then i would think well here i am well anyways we could sit there and see the party and i could also see the bell rung for me if anyone rang it every sunday things would go pretty nearly the same about eleven thirty tom who was taylor truman's dresser would bring out a big table and set it with half a dozen bottles of scotch and rye and bowls of ice and a dozen or so glasses and siphons cigarettes and a percolator of coffee and then everything would be ready for sunday dinner everything but the host and hostess anyways the guests would commence to float in early regulars mostly some already in bathing suits under a wrap and some at once walking into the bath house and borrowing the first suit they seen there they would stroll around the place swimming a few strokes sunning theirself afterward highball and cigarette in hand and then after a while trixie would appear in her one piece and after a little more of a while taylor would show and they would all play like kids talking splashing smoking drinking and so forth and so on and on and on a new record on the phonograph for every new drink then by sunset they would just merely move into the house itself and continue some sunday dinner but then of course if you are in pictures you must not eat too much for fear of gaining well anyways one particular sunday that i am telling you about i got to watching the crowd circulate and i didn't notice how little jenny had got away from me until i seen her dancing across the patio below chasing fluff the small white dog belonging to my boss at the same moment almost who should come in the door but anita lauber and with her that chunky blonde playwriter and director jack bloom with whom she was chatting like they was intimate friends the sight of anita in that house give me a jolt i'll tell the world it didn't seem fair somehow that she should be there as a guest when everybody knew about her character and here was i a mere servant something in me got up and yelled in silent protest yelled it hard and any girl which was raised in new england where they would rather die than be a servant will understand was there really no penalty for going on the loose in that crowd did everything get by would nobody snub you or shake a cold shoulder no matter what a girl did i'll say it looked that way anita was dressed beautiful in blue satin sports clothes she had snapped to every inch of her i looked her down at my black dress and white apron and lord how i hated my job at that minute no use in telling myself what i knew to be the fact that those people down there in the patio was not the real topside picture people not in the class with mary and doug and charlie and their set or in the class with the great writers like mr and mrs grayton or so forth and that therefore i was every bit as good as them and etc i felt menial and ashamed of it yet could only sit there wrapping my hands in my apron and hoping to heaven anita and bloom would go away soon although that was hoping against too much for they had brought their bathing suits sweet daddy i thought i suppose the ocean is now too vulgar for anita to wash in it that she has got to come here 
Trixie had never spoke of Anita, but they kissed when they met, so they must have met once or twice before. Funny, but Milton Sherrill was the only one I had thought of, and dreaded meeting in the Truman's house. And Trixie had told me she had never seen him before or since that day on the Dumas pair set. I had never even dreamed of seeing Anita there. Well, anyways, just as Anita had got hold of a highball, and I had got hold of myself a little better, that beast of a small white dog of ours had to go and jump into the pool with all its fur on, so of course Jenny had to jump in after it with all her clothes on. Right away there was a lot of grief from below, and my bell started ringing like mad. Seeing the kid in the water, I jumped up and ran downstairs. I had to, and at that very instant the front door opened and in come Greg Strickland. While I stood there paralyzed, from the other way come Anita, waving her highball at me frantically, and down the center charged Trixie Truman, holding out a wet and screaming child to me, the child holding out a wet and barking pup. One of the strangest things in the world is the way we keep thinking our friends is less decent than we are, less kind or generous, and always having that first blind instinct of mistrust. The very moment I had clasped that wet dog and child to my bosom, and stood hugging them and trying to comfort the two of them, while Trixie disgustedly wiped a few drops of water off the front of her bathing suit with a lace handkerchief, well, at that very minute I realized I had done Anita a injustice. I had expected she would pretend not to recognize me, and here she was as glad to see me as could be. Bonnie, darling, she cried, running up and giving me a kiss across my wet armful. So this is where you've been hiding. Look at the cap and apron. My heaven, have you gone cuckoo or what? Good Lord, Bonnie, says Stricky, turning first red and then white. Say, listen, you have stuck it out in your own way, haven't you? End of chapter 14